Okay, deck is ready. Front of house is clear, so we are off. Have a great show, everyone. Standby like use 2 through 33, sound 1A through 7 on deck. Standby Q actors. Electrics, kill the blue run lights, please. Like you 2 and sound 1A. Go. Sound 1.5. Go. Like you 3 and sound 1B. Go. Actors, go. Like you 4 and sound 2A. Go. Do we believe it is? Uh, uh, rock and roll. <laughs> Lucky Yates is already here. Hello, Sean Puppy Daniels. Hello, hello. <laughs> Let me adjust my tripod. Hello, uh, hello. You, uh, so uh, you, you are. Uh, we are just getting started. This is great. Have you begun the show? Is this streaming? This here right now? I, I, I believe it started streaming like. 30 seconds ago. This awkward interlude is going out to the fine people of Arizona and beyond. Oh, it's not just this part that's going to be awkward. It's going to, I think, be the entire thing. But <laughs> it's I continue to get awkward yeah. as we go. Yeah. Um, all yeah. right. Let's uh, let's just jump in. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Sean Daniels, artistic director at Arizona Theater Company. And this is our first pilot episode of putting together a weekly chat. Uh, where I get to talk to you about what's going on with us. And I also get to talk to some of my favorite artists around the country that will be coming to work with us and um, go from there. So first and foremost, we have Lucky Yates coming to us all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Lucky Yates <laughs> is most known for uh, being on Archer, right? Playing Krieger yeah. there and also on so. Good Eats. Yeah. yeah, people love you on the Good Eats. Um, little Eats known facts that... Uh, uh, is not on your Wikipedia page. Uh, mm, is that you and I truth. were that you and I were roommates for two years? Yes, at Bongo Nacho. That we we lived in a place that we called Bongo Nacho, and our promise yeah. was that if anybody ever had too much to drink, they could spend the night, and we would make them nachos in the morning. This was and our, we had our way take to try us to up on it. Yeah, I think Bill Murphy took us up on it once. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and you know, yeah, there were there were scattered few that actually would say, "And where are my nachos?" And it was like, "Oh damn!" We always had uh, the fixings on hand, though, even if it was the worst nacho. You know, if, even if it was just like, "Here is some uh, really some bad store brand tortilla chips and some shredded cheese that's been in there for a while," you could still have them. So uh, the the reason I want to have you on is the very first guest on this, right? Is this that is very exciting. Thank you, you. You are the very first one. So you uh, you had a talk show in I Atlanta did. that <laughs> you, you ran for years and yes. started out as kind of like a ridiculous, like late nights, you know, way yeah, for us to like chat. It was like a parody of end, an actual talk show. That's right. And then by the end of it, like people would come on the show that were running for office, right? That yes. like Shirley Franklin came on when she wanted yeah. to be the mayor of Atlanta. Yeah, it became um, so it became an actual thing. Alton Brown was there. Ty Pennington during his rise. Uh, what was that little uh, whatever the first show that was shot in and around Atlanta? One of those like fix it up and spit oh, yeah. it out. Ty Pennington. You know, yeah. I I I am in a movie with Ty Pennington, uh, <laughs> we play the Wright brothers. 
<laughs> you and Ty Pennington? Me and Ty Pennington. Because were you still in Atlanta when you shot that? I was. I was. That's Cause, brilliant. Because every good pairing has like a tall, skinny guy and a short, yeah, fat guy. Yeah, like the, since the beginning of time, this is how it works. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway. So I wanted you on the first one because, you know, of course, we're working out the kinks. We're trying to figure out how this works. We'll be so much better at this by the fourth episode than we are at the of first. Um, what advice do you have for anyone who's starting their own online talk show? Like, what are the tips you've learned that you want to pass? Uh, on? Well, yeah, it's, it's great because back in the days when uh, when I was doing my show, like there wasn't even Wikipedia yet. That didn't even exist. Like the the internet was still uh, like it was it was a lot of weird crap at this point, right? Um, and so you couldn't just like look up anybody and get all the dirt on them yet. Uh, and so uh, you know, you, I mean, clearly you're gonna know most of the. I believe your wife is on later on today. Uh, Actually, we might have to bump her to later. Because <laughs> I, 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 I overbooked the first one. I was like, we'll have seven guests. It'll be great. And everyone was like, deep breath, Sean. Like, let's just talk to one person. Yeah. I predict a cold evening in the Daniels Dewar household tonight. Uh, <laughs> it could very well be. <laughs> you bumped me! Um, <laughs> I, you know, I always just, you know, it's like good improv, right? You make your scene partners look good. And it, it was the whole thing that I was always going for is trying to make my guests look good and if there was ever I, I mean it's not like you're going to have controversial guests on this thing but if there was anybody that was slightly controversial I would just I would still make them the hero but just let them hang themselves give them enough rope you know uh but that you know that really doesn't apply to this I'm sure about the arts you're not going to have any jerks what what was the most controversial guest you had on the Lucky Eights talk show I don't remember uh, well, <laughs> we have the topless intern from uh, uh, 96 Rock. Uh, I don't know if you recall that. Uh, that was a girl that, and it, when I was working over at, on the morning show at 96 Rock, they had this girl who was the topless intern. And she started doing all sorts of stunts, like weird stunts for the show. And so I was like, well, come on the show and we'll talk about it. And then she like told the audience that if, they gave her money, she would take off her top. These are like career ending moves that could happen anywhere, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, days, old days. This was the early, early aughts. It was like the wild west out there for live theater. Uh, we had, uh, I had a, a psychic on that, you know, not real. <laughs> like, she couldn't actually. She couldn't actually predict anything. <laughs> but she, I would just let her talk and like build her up, and that was the whole thing of just like make her look like she's the best psychic that ever was, even if all of her answers were just preposterous. Well, all right, we might we might have a psychic on at some point, you know, to figure out what's uh, happening for anybody. They're hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, so tell tell me, you have a like an Archer event right after this, right? Like you're yeah, we're doing a uh, we're doing a reading of one of the episodes from season six. It's the the elevator episode. It's we're we're all there and we're all trapped in an elevator, so it's it's a natural thing for the core cast to do. Uh, and we're doing it for a charity. I'm not sure which one. It just got switched, uh, but something about uh, either. Uh, feeding 
folks or taking care of uh, restaurant workers that uh, are suffering right now because of uh, everything shut down. So it's one of those two charities we're doing this. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, and what, be fun. What, what is happening right now with Archer? Uh, we just finished recording season 11, uh, and that will launch May, June. I have no idea. Uh, I think May was the last thing I heard, but who knows what's going on with everything in the world right now. Um, you know, like uh, all the animators now are all having to work from home because uh, it's made right here in Atlanta, but, uh, you know, they can't gather because there's hundreds of them uh so everybody's working for a home so i don't know if that slowed up production or not uh but you know may was the date i i, I know no more than that uh, but you know and hopefully there'll be a season 12 and when do you find out any day who knows i know no you? you know what i would i would have said that we would probably know by comic-con in july just because if we were invited to go to Comic-Con, it wouldn't make much sense if we were promoting a show that was currently on the air, because what's the point? We would have to announce a next season. But since Comic-Con was canceled, uh, I, I have no idea when we'll find out. Maybe tonight. I don't know. Maybe maybe our producer will tell us tonight. I don't, I don't look for an announcement, though. That's not really going to happen. That's right. That's right. So do you get do you get like recognized? I mean, because you kind of even my staff was talking about this, right? They based the character off of your look, right? They loved your look. And so you look like your character. No, I know. I don't look like my character. I'm actually the model for another character named Ray Gillette that Adam Reed, the creator of the show, voices. Uh, and so my character is actually based on a guy named Dr. Ben Brieger who is a doctor in uh, Austin, Texas, and he's good friends with uh, both Matt and Adam, the creative producer of, producers of the show. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so there are scenes where it's the character with my voice talking to the character with my face. Uh, kind of wacky. I guess just like how we begin to believe that people look like they're animals over certain periods of time. Right. Like, I, well, I believe and, that you like, look like your character. Kind of, uh, you know, especially because I've, I've had a beard forever uh, and Krieger does too, but Ray only has a mustache. Ray is based on, talking of my talk show, what they deem to be classic Lucky Yates and it's based on my talk show look. Um, because everything's like sort of 60s Mad men -y kind of style with the clothing and everything. And that's kind of the era that I was wearing suits back then. Remember, I would always wear suits. I wore nothing but suits. Um, and uh, they, so so just the mustache is, is Ray. Um, but like Chris Parnell looks kind of like Cyril, even though Cyril is actually based on a guy that runs a restaurant here in Atlanta. Uh, and uh, Jessica kind of looks like she could play Mallory. I mean, she definitely looks like she could play Mallory, uh, but kind of looks like her character. So except for John and Amber, uh, who play Archer and Pam, everybody kind of looks like they their characters somewhat. Uh, I'm just kind of the weird one because there is one that is actually me. And it's not me. <laughs> and uh, um, do you get recognized walking around Atlanta? Do people people know what you look like? Every once in a while, every once in a while, I'll get a Lucky Yates. Um, but you know, I've been working at Dad's since 1997. You know, there, a lot of people have been through those doors. 
Uh, and I have no idea where it's coming from. And it's, it's rare, you know, which is nice. Uh, I can go about my business unfettered. <laughs> and so like what, uh, um, what is next for you? Like outside, you, you have uh, this event tonight and then what is life afterwards for Lucky Eights? Well, I do streaming shows every day now. Dad's has been, you know, we've been closed for uh, three weeks, four weeks. I don't and know. tell us what Dad's Garage is. Oh, oh, Dad's Garage, right. Yeah, so I just saw that little thing pop up. Dad's Garage is uh, the theater that Sean Daniels and a group of Florida State uh, University students founded in Atlanta, Georgia in 1995. After they graduated college, they came up to Atlanta and founded this amazing improv-based uh, theater called Dad's Garage. We do scripted shows too. Now, all of our scripted shows are actually self-produced works. Uh, so scripts written by us or at least our buddies in the immediate, you know, like rapid fire theater. If somebody from there writes a show that we like, then we'll take it because, you know, we're like, that's our sister theater in Edmonton. Um, but uh, improv every single weekend without fail. Uh, used to just be Thursday, Fridays and Saturdays, but now we start on Tuesday nights. Right. Um, and just tons of programming. And then, you know, we, it's, we're 25th anniversary this year. Uh, and so like, you know, we're kind of an Atlanta institution now. And I've been there since 97. I've been there for 23 of the 25 years. Just... You know, I, uh, that really just shows you how old we are that like, Oh yeah, absolutely. That we're coming uh, this <laughs> great. So it's June 23rd, you know, would I've be the real birthday. Dad's Garage Theater. I'm, you know, native Detroiter and you know me well enough to know that I am, I live, eat and breathe uh detroit michigan it's my favorite place in the world but i have been at dad's garage longer than i actually lived in detroit where i grew up <laughs> that's crazy that's crazy yeah that's 20 25 years right yeah. and there's going to be a party in august if we can all leave our homes in august yeah right? we're well i mean we can apparently it's cured in atlanta we're allowed to go run amok yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So somebody asked on Facebook, how are you staying motivated and inspired during this time? Okay. So, well, it, 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 it was my point earlier is that I'm doing these streaming shows every day. So dad's garage, we closed, I don't know, a month ago or whatever. And uh, so we do shows all day long like this. We do zoom shows and then we're linking to one of our people who is running our Twitch channel and they just are uploading everything to Twitch. Uh, so it's like dad's garage, uh, twitch.tv slash dad's garage ATL. Um, so every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I do a, uh, a show at 1 PM called lunchtime with lucky where I eat lunch and talk about it for like a half an hour. It's a li literally a dream come true. It is the best. I never ran out of stuff to say. Uh, There's enough content I mean, in, in one lunch to get you through a half an hour. Oh, yeah, I'm, I think you know, you also know, knowing me quite well, that I'm quite tangential in my speaking. So I get, yeah, I, I will follow any path and keep talking. It's no big deal. Um, <laughs> and uh, every Tuesday and Thursday, Sean Daniels, we do Uncle Grandpa's Who Dilly Storytime. Matt Horgan, myself, and Christian Danley do a, a version of our old kids show. Uh, but we're doing it as though we're all quarantined in separate sections of the Hoodilly house. So we have to still kind of do the show and we split the stories up into two parts. That's the first part happens on 
uh, Tuesday, then we'll end on a cliffhanger, and then we pick it back up on uh, Thursday and finish out the story. That's every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. So Uncle Grandpa's Who Dilly Stew was the kids show that we made that we tried to figure out a way to provide something for the adults and something for the kids, right, to be able to do. Yeah, and it created, we started it in March of 2000, and, uh, and we're still doing the show. Uh, it, um, we, it was an untapped market for us, right? We were the adult late night theater, and I had also worked at the Center for Puppetry Arts here in town, and I was like, dude, I know there's an audience for more puppet stuff. They're going to the center like crazy, and they only offer so many shows a week, and so we took the improv, and a bunch, of, and it was like a Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's you know, it's hilarious, and you know, we set out to entertain the adults because we know they're the ones that are buying the tickets. But we make it dopey and fun enough that the kids want to keep coming back every week to see it. And so, both parents and adults throughout the years, you know, they get hooked on it. Uh, it's really awesome. No, I, I played the Dow Jones. I played <laughs> yeah. that people had to continually prop me up and put money into me or I would crash and take the whole yeah. system down. And so like the kids would applaud every week. Yeah. Also Yankee Doodle Danny, you uh, right. would play. Right. Uh, and Shushi the Clown, which is your most famous role, Sean Daniels. These are the early days when we could get away with stuff like this. Sean Daniels played a character named Shushi the Clown, who is a clown that would escape from prison every week and come to the show to deliver the kids a message from prison, but he would do it charade style because he'd taken a vow of silence until he could clear his good name. <laughs> it was the most, and you would come and it would just be like song lyrics and stuff. And one, the most famous one, of course, is you mind out love the one you're with <laughs> and it was a special message from prison and it was like uh, that, that was one of the things that sealed that show as a legend uh it's really great <laughs> yeah i don't play too many more prison clowns these days but <laughs> no, it's good it's good to remember clowns. the times that we did yeah i know you know yeah these are the 90s man or the two early aughts again the early aughts wild times <laughs> you could do anything uh, back then <laughs> Well, listen, I, I so I hope I'm not upsetting your board of directors right now. No, 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 no. Okay. It's, they should learn one way or another, and it should definitely be through a Facebook Live event where everybody is watching <laughs> oh, at the same time. your improv past. That's right. That's right to come up now. Uh, well, listen, how's it going I, out there? How, how How's the Arizona State Theater? I'm closed, of course, but how are you guys doing? So we, we are good, you know, so we canceled our, or we postponed our last two shows. Like we moved one to the fall and we moved uh -huh. one to like the next fall afterwards. Right. So, you know, we are, part of what we're doing on this is very similar. We're just trying to figure out like, how do we connect with our audience? How do we go online? How do we share content with them? How do we not disappear, right? Like our best right. case scenario is we have a show in September, you know, yep. right? And that's yep. what we're working towards. But that's several months away. So like, right. how do we continue to connect with them? And I think, you know, the cool thing is we were like every regional theater when it came to like online content, right? Like a month ago, we were terrible. We were, right. you know, <laughs> there, you know, we, we, we like posted on Facebook to sell tickets, you know, yeah, and, right. and the amazing thing that the team has done is to really like in the last month, figure out like, how do we revamp everything we do digitally? to say like, this is the place you go when you want to connect with us. And it's not yeah, just absolutely. about selling tickets, it's about the people that work here. And, you know, so it's it's 
it's been actually really awesome to watch like how the team does it. Dude, and I think uh, th- this pandemic and this crisis that everybody's going through is, is a, literally a game changer, but I feel like in a positive way, because we are, we're all, for necessity is the mother of invention, right? You, we, we're all figuring out like, what are, okay, what do we do? How do we still connect and how do we do it? And luckily we live in this age of technology where we can do stuff and keep going. Yeah, I mean, like play readings, there's, you know, a zillion great ways for, uh, theaters to you know keep marching on the center for puppetry arts is doing their kids show uh, they just like they're doing repeat the cat and they they taped a couple i think and then they just run them they take rehearsals or something um but they they're doing live puppet shows from you know like uh people's homes and stuff like that just to keep going and they weren't doing anything it was the same way they weren't doing anything and now they're they've you know leapt into the future yeah, you know, I think the thing we have to do, right, is that when we come back in the fall and we're doing shows, like, we have to keep this content up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I, and people will come to depend on it. Another thing that I do is I do this uh, show on Instagram Live every night, every single night for uh, at 9 p.m., and I've done it for over a month now. Uh, it's just called The Nightly Catch-Up. And uh, it, it's I just go on for an hour and talk, and I'm, like, building this little community. I've started a church Started a church, Sean Dan Hills. You, you were the you were a reverend. You married people before. I, I am a reverend, uh, and I've started my church called the Church of the Holy Dodo. I have night church uh, every Sunday night at nine o'clock p.m. on Instagram Live. Uh, come join the congregation. It's fun. Praise Gladys, Gladys the Holy Dodo, of course. If you'd this like every to know night, more, I'll, I'll certainly go into my doctrine. <laughs> <laughs> so I've started a church. That's what I'm doing to stay safe. Do you, that, that is a great answer to like, how are you moving forward in this time? You've started a religion. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Why would I not? Uh, it's the fun religion. And we could use that now more than ever, couldn't we? Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. oh, 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 oh. Our, oh. Our, our, our next guest has arrived. We've got Brian music. Loudermilk. Yeah. Brian Loudermilk. <laughs> uh, Brian Loudermilk, have you ever met Lucky Yates? Not yet. Here we are. Hello. Oh. Hello, Brian. It's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you as well. Thank you. You know what the, I will say the cool part of this show, right, is that like you all are my favorite people, but you don't know each other. But now you're being forced, you know, to meet each other for a brief moment to be able to do this. Yeah. Uh, this is awesome. Um, Brian, are you excited to be on the very first episode of this talk show? Excuse me, Sean. I'm going to take over your talk show. <laughs> Please go for it. I'm going to do my little, I'm going to do Brian's pre-interview. Which would, this would normally happen in the green in the green room. All right, Brian, here's the deal. Uh, you know, Sean's a little nervous out there. It's his first time, so just go easy on him. Uh, Please keep your camera off, and then never mind. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Lucky Eights, thank you so much for coming on. It's amazing to see you. It's amazing to get to chat with you. Um, yeah. It's really great. I'm, I'm so excited that you're doing this, Sean. It's really great. And uh, congratulations again on the theater. And uh, uh, people of Arizona, you couldn't have picked a better person to, uh, to run your program out there. It's Sean is it's guaranteed hit coming up. Oh, you're very sweet. You know what I was thinking? It's amazing is that um, when you and I lived together, I feel like it was a bit of a, a dark time in both of our lives. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah that I, I think... I think you you had just been married and I had broken off an engagement. And so it was like, 
two two guys living in a department trying to figure out what they're doing with their lives. Yeah, I just came back from Los Angeles. That's when I when we moved in was the birth of Lucky Yates. I went out to LA as Matt Yates, returned six months later as Lucky Yates uh, because I joined SAG and uh, like I had all my shipped up all my stuff UPS. Uh, to our house, uh, yeah, and it was just like this weird, like, all right, let's figure a thing out. Right. Uh, it was great. No, and, I mean, and you know, it was debaucherous, but you learn from those times. <laughs> if you live through them, you lived, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Um, if you no, can grow like, past them, really, you know, not just live through them, but grow past them. Well, and so just to be here with you today, and you know, to be at Arizona Theater Company, and for you to be on Archer, it feels like such a great moment that we've really come full circle to be able to. Yeah, do. yeah, it's really look at us, a couple of success stories. Yeah, I like the apples. Bongo Nacho would be proud. I'm sure that house is probably still there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, thank you, my friend. Thank right, you so thank much you. for coming uh, on. Thanks for being a part of it. Have a great reading tonight. Thanks, man. Uh, have a great right, show. See you later. Uh, bye, bye to Brian. Bye, everyone. Oh, and Lucky is gone. And Brian may be back momentarily. Bright louder milk. It's low. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yes, I love the idea of addressing everyone as people of Arizona. That's right. That's who you're talking to at any given moment. Uh, where Where are you right now? I'm in West Philadelphia. And uh, you, who do you live with there? I live with my partner and three queer weirdos who live in our little commune with us. And we just, you know, play cards and make communal dinners and rejoice at the fact that we don't have any like babies to teach math to right now. I, I will say, you know, so we have a, a two-year-old daughter and um, she thinks this is the best thing that has ever happened. Oh, because I'm sure. it, it just means that like mom and dad are home constantly, you know. Yeah. They never leave the house. Um, oh, the weekend never ends. And it's like, yes. That's right. That's right. The weekend never ends. Um, so I, you know, I'm such a fan of you and of um, your music. I wondered if um, you could play a little something for us that you love. And then I would love to talk about our project that we're doing for Arizona Theater Company together. Sure. Absolutely. Let's see if I can um, get a balance okay and actually play it through this keyboard. All right. Um, I was gonna actually play, I was gonna ignore your prompt and in play, instead play a song that other people love. Oh, um, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, I thought that that would be a change for me. I'm, I'm used to lately playing songs that I love, but um, this is a song that um, other folks in the world have enjoyed and I'm grateful to have them. I've been teaching as I'm pulling up a, Play the piano for you i will say that i've been teaching some like mindfulness and musical theater classes to largely to some of the graduates of musical theater colleges this year who were about to have their showcases and things so there's like a group of 500 of them who are all musical theater graduates who all graduated from musical theater programs this year and so i like barged my way in and said i'm so sorry that you are you right now and you have no industry to step into and so we're gathering and um and working together and talking about how to create art and meaningful musical connections in this space. Uh, so I'm grateful to, you know, have a portion of the work that I've always done be online and um, to have connected with other musical theater folks that way. And what does that mean, like musical mindfulness, just in terms of? 
Um, I think that for me, that means trying to use the tools of music and musical theater to be incredibly present, um, to be able to use the skills that we have as theater artists to make an audience, whether that's an audience of folks on Zoom or an audience in a theater, um, but to make those assembled folks coming together feel like they're safe to do so and feel like they're entering a place where it's okay to cry and that all emotions are welcome or that it's okay to laugh even if you're the only one in the theater who's laughing, that we've created a situation where you feel like you can step out of the rest of your life and maybe a very, very long weekend and you can, uh, and that you can, you know, fully feel like you're experiencing the highs and lows of humanity. I mean, that's what great theater does, right? Yeah. I, li I like how you underscored yourself, though, as though it was like it, it, it when we got important, the music let us know that it was important. Is it terrible that I'm also Googling my own lyrics right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this is a song that calls uh, this balance. Sean, can you hear my voice and the piano? Can you turn your mic up a little bit? The the voice of me? Yeah. We, we want more louder milk is what we're being told. How about that? How's that balance of piano and voice? Do you still want more of me? I still take more voice, yeah. How about now? That's wonderful. Okay. So this is a song that uh, has had millions and millions of views on YouTube, which was something that I didn't uh, really appreciate very much early on in my career as an artist. And then I got to experience, you know, traveling around the world and going to the Philippines and Singapore and all around Europe and got to make a lot of friends while I was traveling, all of whom knew this song and to teach master classes for assembled musical theater artists who I would have never, ever had the chance to interact with. So I feel very grateful for the ways that music can act as an ambassador and connect us even when we're not physically together. Let me catch my breath. This is really hard. If I start to look like I'm sweating well, that's cause I am. How's the sound, Sean? Can you hear me? Sean, can you hear I'll take me? Take a touch more keyboard. More just keyboard. A, just a yeah. touch, just a hint. Right. I'm not good with words, but that's nothing new. Still, I have to try to explain what I want to do with you, with you, run away with me. Let me be your ride out of town. Let me be the place that you hide. We can make our lives on the go. Run away with me. Texas in the summer is cool. We'll be on the road like Jack Kerouac. Looking back, Sam, you're ready. Let's go. Anywhere. Get the car packed and throw me the key. Run away with me. Sean, how's our balance now? You sound wonderful. Sam, I know it's fast. 
I'm in love with you. Call it crazy, but I'm much crazier for you. I have these plans, Sam, I have these plans of a house that we build on a bay when we run away. Let me be a ride out of town. Let me be the place that you hide. We can make our lives on the go. Run away with me. Texas in the summer is cool. We'll be on the road like some country song. Won't be long. Sam, you're ready. Let's go. Run away with me. I'm not trying to make you wife here. I'm not trying to tie you down. I'm just saying there might be a life here, a new one as soon as we run. Jack Kerouac, looking back, Sam, you're ready, Sam. Let me be your ride out of town. Let me be the place where you hide. California dreams, here we come. Romeo is calling for Juliet. Ready, set, Sam, you're ready. Let's go. Amazing, amazing. Um, I'm such a Brian Loudermilk fan for so many reasons, because I always feel like your music is so, you know, honest and so heartfelt and just, I don't know. I really feel like you have a gift for just how to like tap into something instantly. Um, that, feel, feel that always feels really real in the moment. Thanks, I feel very excited um, amongst all the other things that are happening in the world that I feel like there's a lot more earnest that's coming from it and a lot more people being unafraid to just fully authentically express themselves and exactly how they're feeling in a moment. Yeah, you know, I guess my wife and I talk a lot about like if there's a great thing to come out of this, it just feels like that we are all, we are really all in this together. I mean, we talk to all of our neighbors, we talk to everyone that we cross during the day, you know. Every, you know, you and I text each other and be like, I'm just so glad that we're talking more. You know what I mean? I, I've checked in with like every friend that I've ever had. Like, you're right. There is like a, a good bit more earnestness going on. Just, you know, wanting to connect and wanting to, you know, realize maybe the things that we were obsessed about before are, are not so important. Um, which kind of leads to what you and I have been slowly and secretly working on. Can you just say a little bit about our the Odes project? Yeah, we've been uh, we've been gathering some of our favorite playwrights and sort of picking their brains about some of the ways that we could create things together that are um, that are ambitious projects that one would otherwise not have been able to done to do in a room together. Something that actually requires this format and this medium to be able to fully realize. So we've been developing the idea of kind of like a love virus 
where we just kind of share things that we love deeply in the form of odes, where we write an ode to our mailman or an ode to our favorite teacher or an ode to a spatula that we really, really are grateful for and trying to find heightened, theatrical, beautiful meaning in very small moments and small moments of gratitude. That's amazing. I know. I love it. I love it. And so how does it work? People write something and then they send it to you? Yeah. Um, and then you turn it into a song? Yeah, I can turn anything into a song. What's something you're grateful for right now, Sean? Um, I, you know what? I'm grateful for, I have a staff that has all learned skills that they didn't know that they needed two months ago and now is experts at in terms of doing it, you What's know? Because like we weren't all online video editors two months ago. We worked at a regional theater that did shows in two cities. Who is and now, now we figure out how to, is what? Who who is now your video editor who wasn't before? So we have like a, a team of people, China and Will and Remington and Mary is our stage manager and Biddy is doing it. And you know, they all they all did something else two months ago, but now they're experts. China is a video editor now. That's right, China is a video editor now. It wasn't what they signed up for in the job description, but China is a video now. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like that's a great like end of act one song, right? Yeah. When it just yeah. feels like it's all going to work out for China and her video editing. The main character, which they really might be. <laughs> yeah, um, um, said to me recently so, that I think is um, also true, and I haven't said it to you yet, but I think you will like is bad news is that you're in a dystopian YA novel. The good news is you're the hero. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's going on totes everywhere for us to take around to be their part of it. Um, so what are you, you always have like a, like seven or eight projects though, like percolating in addition, like what else, what else is, are you working on in the, in the louder milk world? I'm working on a musical adaptation of a book called kill the boy band with the playwright Jihei Park and Kate Kerrigan. <clears throat> it's a story of four teenage girls who kidnap and murder a member of a One Direction style band. And it's sort of about the power of female fandom. It's a dark satire and hilarious. The book is incredible. It was a New York Times bestseller. And it's just so fun to be in the land of boy bands. And it's also been a great excuse to watch the dozens of documentaries about boy bands that exist. And what, and what, what have you learned about boy bands that we probably don't know? What I've learned is that the the gentlemen who invented them in Florida were much creepier than even we realize. Yeah, yeah. You know, having someone who lived in Florida a long time, he's like a he's like a he's like a he made like all the boy bands, right? Yeah, yeah. Out of magic, he's like a he's like a super creepy Dumbledore or something. Like it's unbelievable how powerful he was and used all of his forces for evil. Right, right. Or to bring us the boy bands that we love, right? That it's on everyone's workout mix, even though they don't admit that they have, right? I've also learned that One Direction does actually have some bops. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Before we thank you, can we hear one more song? Is it possible for us to hear one more thing from you? Sure, sure. Um, I will sing this song. Um <laughs> I think I can just go like that. Yeah, that should play. I can do this. This is, whoop, that's fine. That'll work. 
this is the first song I ever wrote like for the internet <laughs> where I thought like, what is the thing I want to say to the internet? And this was the thing I wanted to say to them um, because it is a very weird thing to have the primary thing you've done in your artistic career be to connect with humans on the internet who love in-person theater. But I think it's really beautiful that right now um, a lot of people are trying to figure out what that means for us as theater artists when the thing that we're most used to doing is gathering in a physical space and uh, and trying to reinvent what that connection can look like. And yeah. I have to pull these lyrics up to you though. Mm. I love that for all of us that forget things from time to time, it's like, oh no, your own lyrics you need to be reminded of. For sure. Sean, can you just give a down like this to lower the volume or up to lower the, to raise the volume of the track? This is how we started. Are you coming with us? We are on a mission. Are you coming with us? This is how we started. You are all that matters. Open sky and bright light breaks through. Welcome back. You are the rescue. Hope is not the death. My beauties, I'll keep on you. You keep on me. No one needs to freak out. This is how the world ends. This is how the world ends. No one needs to freak out. How is it the next years? Look just like the last years. This is how the world ends. We are all that matters. Open sky and bright light breaks through. God, amazing. You are amazing, Brian Loudermilk. I'm you such do. a fan. People such gorgeous. Been, uh, you're in very good hands with Sean Daniels. That's, <laughs> that's really the goal of this is like, I just bring on my friends to try to like pump up the audiences here. That's right. You know what's, what's uh, uh, amazing is that, so I, I've been here 11 months, right? I'm not even through year one. So it's a, it's a full first year. 
to figure out how to run an arts organization. Um, so thank you for that. I appreciate that. All right. Um, Brian Loudermilk, thank you. I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for coming on and being brilliant with us. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you all. Bye. Bye. And then just like that, our friend Brian is gone. All right. Thank you all so much. We still have one more person to chat with, but I want to just remind you what it is that we're doing here. So this is our first, uh, which will be a weekly event, uh, chat with me, the artistic director, Sean Daniels of Arizona Theater Company, where I just want to find a way to connect with our audience and really talk about just what we have going on and find a way to share information and to let you know some inside scoops about kind of what's going on with us at the theater. Um, I do wanna talk about uh, two projects that we have in the works that I think will be coming up. We are uh, creating a musical and we can't say the name of the band, but I can, I can show you the book that they sent us. So even though we are in quarantine, we're working on creating a musical and they sent us this to be a part. So as this develops, we will kind of keep you in the loop in terms of what it is, but it's, you know, usually to, to write a musical, it takes like seven years. But the nice thing is we went and saw uh, them in Vegas in the last days before the quarantine and hit it off and have begun to put something together and they're trapped at home and we're trapped at home. And so we're trying to kind of move this along at a quick pace. And so we'll, we'll see what happens. The other project I want to tell everybody about is that on May 11th, we're going to do a reading of my play, The White Chip, and we're going to do it online as a benefit for Arizona Theater Company and The Voices Project. The Voices Project is a organization run by Ryan Hampton, who is a national rock star in terms of advocacy. Uh, for the recovery community. And the Voices Project really focuses on how to make sure that the stigma of addiction is removed and how to do that in political ways. And it's nonpartisan to be able just to say like, here are the issues that people face in recovery when they're going through it and how to make a change on that on a national level. So we'll be doing that. The white chip, uh, oh, and the, the great thing is the, we're, so the White Ship ran in New York in the fall, and it was Arizona Theater Company's first off-Broadway offering in 20 years. And we were uh, really lucky that we had um, a really great production. We had the Tony-nominated Cheryl Collar was our director, the Tony Award-winning producer, Tom Curdhey was our producer, the Tony Award-winning sound designer, Leon Rothenberg was our sound designer, and um, the unstoppable, Joe Tapper was uh, our lead actor in it. And uh, we got very sweet reviews. We were a New York Times critics pick. And we, you know, the show ended and we were in talks about bringing it back. But of course, that's not happening right now. So everybody involved has agreed to figure out a way to do it online on May 11th so that we can share with everybody the show and uh, for any audience around the world who wants to be a part of it. So we'll have more information as that comes forward. But if you want to go ahead and put on your calendar, May 11th, eight o'clock in New York and five o'clock in Arizona will be the live broadcast of The White Chip. And then for four days afterwards, it'll be on our website, www.arizonatheater.org where you can check it out and be a part of the experience and share what the show is. So more as that comes together. Uh, one of the reasons we're also doing this is that we have a, a tremendous amount of online content that is now happening. As I was saying with Lucky, we're really trying to figure out how to make sure that the work that we do and the ways that we connect with our audience is online. In addition, 
uh, Jasmine Roth, who is our fantastic education director, has put all of our educational programs online so that if you go online, not only can you see these interviews, not only can you see our various podcasts, we have one that went live seconds before this show started with Christy Arenzo, who is the creator of Rock of Ages, um, which just passed half a a billion dollars in ticket sales, which um, if you're if you know theater math, half a billion is a lot in terms of ticket sales. So uh, he's been a great success at that, and now he's working on a new show with uh, with and for Arizona Theater Company, which you can learn about that by checking out the podcast that just went live. And you know we'll have more and more things as we go, but please take a moment, check us out online. Please check out the things that are there. Please check out all of our educational opportunities that are now online. Everything that you loved about Arizona Theater Company that wasn't actually attending is now on there to be able to do. So this is one of many things that we're doing. Um, we do have one more person that I, I want to bring out for us to be able to chat with uh, Mary Wool, who is our costume shop manager. And so she may appear on screen at any given moment. So she can talk about some of the efforts that our production department is doing during this time. And there she is, hello. Hello. So the, the amazing thing also right now about everybody having to do several things is that uh, uh, Mary is running our costume shop. She's also stage managing this show <laughs> that you're watching right now. So, so let me just ask you, how is it going so far? We're 50 minutes into it. How's it going for you? For a totally new adventure that none of us have ever done before, I think we are doing great. <laughs> I think we are too. I think we're doing too. Yeah. Um, so you are heading up, right, that we've been making masks, you know, to be able to take to the local hospital, correct? Can you say a little bit about that? Yeah, so we... Um, in our production department with Becky, the production manager, we decided we wanted to do something to help out with, you know, what's going on in the world right now. And we were like, hey, we've got fabric. We have people at home that know how to sew. Let's make some masks. Uh, so we have uh, volunteers from across our staff. It's not just the costume department. It's all across production and other departments in ATC as well, basically anybody who had a sewing machine at home and would like to volunteer their time, we provided the supplies. So we gave them uh, fabric from our stock, which is basically the leftovers from past shows. So there will be masks around Tucson made out of fabrics that we use in the costumes. We didn't disassemble costume, it's unused fabric, but some people might recognize some stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, so so like if you if you got fabric to make a shirt or like a dress for someone and you didn't use all of that and we kept it, now the remaining fabric and turned into masks. Correct. That's yeah. amazing. And where they're being taken to the Tucson hospital? Where are they being taken? Yes. Um, this first batch. So so far we've made about 107, and they were just donated this week to the Tucson Medical Center. And we're looking to branch out a little bit. If there are other groups in the community that need masks, we would like to know and we'll be able to help more people. So if anybody watching has a suggestion of a group or an organization that needs the mask, just drop it in the comments, let us know, and we'd be happy to help out. That's amazing. Um, so are you continuing to do that? Or you know, is this gonna be an ongoing project? What do you think? We're starting to talk about that. Um, 
we're hoping we would really like it to. So there's just some little logistical things that we need to iron out, but we really would like this to continue so we can help not only, you know, the Tucson and Phoenix community, but Arizona at large as well. So, uh, you know, I said you're the costume shop manager, and I'm sure like a lot of people nodded their heads, but they don't actually know what that means. <laughs> what what does it mean to be the costume shop manager at a regional theater? Uh, so, hmm, yeah, okay, what does that mean? Um, <laughs> I kind of supervise our whole costume shop staff, so we have a whole slew of people that help create every single costume that you see on stage from scratch. Uh, so from the designers to the drapers to the crafts artisans, the wig makers, everything is made from scratch. So I coordinate with that entire team as well as the designer to make sure that we get everything on stage, everything looks right, everything works the way it's supposed to, and you see a beautiful costume on stage every single time. So you don't you don't do the design of the costumes, you make sure that they happen, right? Correct. Every yes. piece of costume of clothing that you see on stage. Yes. Yeah. The design actually um, comes from the costume designer. We do have a resident designer, Tish Finnegan, who designed some of our shows. And then we have designers uh, from outside come in as well, guest designers. So I communicate with them throughout their process um, to make sure that you know we have the resources that they need for their vision to come to life on our stage. Oh my God. That's a lot. That's a lot. You know, because... Uh, <laughs> Every person has a costume, right? And often they have multiple costumes multiple. as it goes on. Yes. And there's always multiple pieces. So it's not just what you see. It's also everything underneath that costume as well. So if we're doing a period show like uh, Christmas at Pemberley, there's a lot going on under those dresses. <laughs> layers and layers of under things that make that dress look as good as it does. So it's, every down to every little detail you know it was uh, uh always shocking to me when i first became an artistic director and got deeply involved in budgets that like the majority of what you were paying for was underwear and shoes right that that was that yeah. figuring out like what is everyone wearing as their underwear what are they wearing as their shoes great that's two-thirds your budget now figure out what they're wearing on top yeah yeah shoes are really expensive and shoes get a beating on stage about the run of one show, which is a length of our run, so about you know two to three weeks in Tucson, two to three weeks in Phoenix, the wear on those shoes just in that time period is about the equivalent of one to two years of normal everyday wear if you were just a normal human wearing them out. So we wear out shoes really fast. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for hopping on to let us know about the amazing work that you're doing. And thank you for staying managing this show to get us through our first hour. I so appreciate it. You're welcome. This has been so fun. <laughs> All right. I, I want to also just give a shout out that while she was doing that interview, she messaged all of us to say five minutes of the broadcast left, right? So that is a real stage manager who can, in the middle of talking to you about something else, let you know that you should be wrapping it up also. Um, all right, that is the end of our first week. Like how, how joyful and fun for us to be able to do this. We will be back next week uh, at four o'clock Arizona time to kind of have some other artists to chat. 
And uh, also, please do check out uh, online. We have our online broadcast uh, podcast, Hang and Focus, which comes out Sunday. We have our interview with Christy Arenzo. We have tons of content for you to be able to dive in and for Arizona Theater Company to really be your state theater and be a part of your life going forward. All right. Thank you all so much. And I will see you next week. Bye. And house lights up. Go. Thanks, everyone. Great show. Check your calendar for the date and time of our next one. We'll see you then.